We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. You're not the only one who can make loud noises around here, okay? Damn straight. So, where are we doing our lung capacity contest? I don't know. Uh, we need let a sponsor me... for it, I think, yeah, first. We need a sponsor, and I need to actually take my ass to the gym for a couple weeks. Yeah. To put up a... Me, mommy, level on the Stairmaster. Yeah, I'm going to need to increase the lung capacity. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you the time that you need. This baby just stays. <laughs> I always stay ready. This stays ready. Don't have to get ready if you I stay ready. watch back... Some of my game tape from uh, back in my glory days. Really? You could absolutely hear me yell. Not yelling at people. I just talked. Like, I'd be like, puck up or, you know, you're the point guard of the team. Even when they're in the offensive zone, I'm making sure because that's how I stayed, you know, grounded within my reality. Just to loop back to our conversation that we had yesterday. I have trouble doing that when I don't have people around me. But I'm also an introvert. So it's just a lot of conflict. But all that conversation can be found on the Odyssey app, which is for free. Google Play. I I cannot wait. You're talking about you being the point guard when you were a goalie, mm-hmm. looking at, at the glory days. I can't wait when you're on the NHL Network, kind of breaking it down. Oh, and they, they give wish. you they give you a telestrator. A telestrator. That's what it's called, right? What where With I the can pen? draw? Yeah, oh you could draw the smiley power, faces. The power. The power of the oh telestrator. It would be amazing. It's but gonna happen. We speak it into existence. It's what we do on the playmakers. I really want to work for the NHL Network right now. Well, maybe you it's just not really. Do a it's not really a card that I'm looking to deal for myself, but. But if you go to maybe TNT, they change. Maybe if they change, I'd consider it. True, but if you go to one of the league partners, they're still league partners. So then, yeah. isn't it kind of the same thing? Well, it's just like I had this conversation a few weeks ago. I'm like, is it better to dismantle the machine from within or try to take it out from the outside? Mm. Depends on the situation. Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say, but I would say the, I, <laughs> I would say from the inside though, because you would be, mm. you you'd be seen. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, that, but that's would important. I be heard? I don't really care about being seen. You'd much. be heard. You'd be heard. I don't know if they'd let me talk about the things I want to talk about. I, I get your that's drift. That's the bit. I get your drift, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to the X's and O's, the alley-oops and the pucks, different sports. You know what, you know what hockey doesn't spend a lot of time doing? Discussing X's and O's. That's the bit. You got to know You got to know the audience. But there's a lane get... for that. There is a lane. The nightcap? Perhaps. Perhaps actually tomorrow we're going to be recording an interview for said nightcap. Nice. It's I'm very excited. The triumphant return of Mr. Michael McKenna. I like this former Vegas best friend now moved home to uh, St. Louis, which is fine because he's got to work for Daily Face Off. And so we got. And speaking did, of being on the outside of the machine versus inside, he also we did some things with Turner, correct? He did. He is uh he is what we call a big player. Ah. in the uh, hockey world. I'm not quite there yet, yeah, but that's but okay. You have them on the Playmakers? You have them on the Nightcap? This that's is true. I got I got very cool friends, and sometimes I think that that's just enough for me. Well, I think we're cool friends, but I feel like coming up here in a second, we're not going to be. Yeah, things might get a little heated there because the we're in this new business of paying off what we're saying we're going to talk about because sometimes we have a tendency to kind of drop out from that. 
But there's this video circulating around on the social meds today. I thought you were going to say new media. <laughs> no, the social meds, not new media. Of Little League Baseball Championships, right? And, that's going on. And um, there is a situation, one that's happened many a times. I used to play softball. I've been hit in the face before as a batter. I've been hit in the face as a pitcher. But this pitcher lets one get away from him a little bit. You know, these are Little League kids. What, 13, 12, 13 years old? I believe so, yeah, around 11 and to so 13. hits the kid in the head. It goes actually off of, like, the earpiece. And the kid's fine, takes first base after kind of writhing on the ground a little bit, which is totally understandable because just the shock alone is very, you know, it's it's shocking. It's, it's in the word. But now the competition police are out because the kid who got who took uh, took the ball to the face essentially who took the base and to first runs over to the pitcher who's clearly distraught because it's really hard to be on that end of of a ball he didn't mean to do it but it's a very scary thing and he's kind of shaken up so the kid who got hit goes and gives him a little bit of encouragement just giving him a hug like I'm fine you're good like don't worry about you're it you're doing great yep and all of a sudden Dave Portnoy comes for him. And says, this isn't, this. you got Lily World Series on the line, kid. You can't be going out there making friends, playing patty cake and stuff. And you're on his side. And I can't I, believe it. What a, what a shocking I turn just, of events. We have to, we have to be diehard competitive, even in that, like, it's this is It's the Little League World Series. It's a game. It's the Little League World Series. He hit the kid in the face. He's just saying, it's okay. I'm fine. He, this kid is, like, shaking. There are kids from the Dominican and other countries that are going to compete to try to win that will never be able to be on that platform or have that experience. It's kind well, of a big deal. Well, te- those teams, don't they get a chance to compete? You just got to win more, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go cold competition, they, sh- they should be able to play. If they're not, If they're better than those teams, they should be playing. I would have won. I am not trying to say this is the end of the world. I kind of feel like we're losing recipes. Back in my day, back in my little league, benches would have cleared. That's not what it's I'm asking accident. for. accident. That's not what I'm asking for. What I am asking for is, number one, your catcher, for the pitcher that threw this pitch and, and, and hit the kid in the face, the catcher should have went out there. The manager of this this pitcher should have came out here. To the pitcher to talk to him? Yeah. They were like, all out there. It still doesn't mean the same if, if it's not coming from the person you just hit. I don't think the one that got hit is the one who's supposed to be like, oh, it's okay, man. He just got Nobody hit. Nobody asked him to. He chose to do it himself. Well, good for him. But it's just, it's a different era. Some would say because the team, the, the pitcher that hit the kid in the face was Oklahoma. Oklahoma ended up losing. Some could say that may be one of the reasons why. You got to focus on winning the game, oh Lindsay. Yeah, focus on winning the game. It doesn't have to be the only focus. It doesn't have to be the that's only true. thing. And that's right. It just seems like such a we have to well, make sure we make every decision in lockstep with absolute hatred for our opponents. Well, Until we shake hands at the end and we're friends again. Like, why can't we extend that empathy during the game and without losing that that man card? Just being, you got to be you got to be a ruthless competitor, guys. You got to make sure they know whose side you're on. Why does it have to be ruthless if he just minds his business and stays in home pl- or on first That's base. a fair point. I, I will say, uh, looking up some research, some disgusting behavior leading up to the Lily World Series and what the regionals and everything to to see who actually gets um, to, to play in the Lily World Series outside of what other city in America, Philadelphia. Uh, one of the teams at the end of the game when they're shaking hands, the coach of the team that lost was literally like oh, I saw that. cold cocking. You know who the problem is? The adults. 
And, and, and the same in this scenario, the adult. Because the kid went out of his way to be like, bro, it's okay. It's all good. And all of a sudden, we got to pass judgment on Just let them play. Just let them do what they do. I just want them to win. Why? It, 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 that would be nice if they can win, but not at the expense of humanity. It's, But it's not at the expense of humanity it is at if the he expense. stays on first base and just minds his There's business. There's not just two options. But the fact that he went out of his way to go just set this kid straight and be like, bro, it's fine. Like, I'm really okay. Don't worry about it. Because I've been in that position where I've hit somebody or it's not going. Like, even when I go play tennis and I, I, the feed comes to me and I'm supposed to start the drill and I hit it out and I don't even get the drill started. Everybody's on, everybody's good time is on me. I feel awful. So I start hitting it a little bit lighter. I don't hit it as hard. And all of a sudden, I'm not me anymore. If I want to win, I want to compete against people who are the best and who are at their best. And so maybe he was hyping him up to make sure that, that he was at his best too. I uh, see, but all stakes, stakes are on the line. This is, this is win or go home for a Little League World Series. How many people could say, I am a Little League World Series champion? In football, when I've pancaked linebackers that I weigh twice their weight. Since all the wins come down, wins or losses come down to one play. I mean, every pitch matters. That was it. Wasn't even a pitch. He it, it didn't affect the game at all. It was it was time was called. He went out and said, "It's okay, buddy." What if he doesn't go out there? Pitcher is we'll never know. Shook. That's what I'm saying. There, there's a lot of different scenarios. I just we live in an era where everyone gets a participation no, they trophy. Don't. I feel like no, we, we don't. Yes, no, they do. No, I feel like our our you're, are you going to do that for your kid? Because we're parents now. Our generation is parents. We're the ones that grew up with participation trophies. And you know who gave those out? The adults. The participation trophies were our parents' ideas. My kid needs to be special, too, because my dreams weren't fulfilled, and so I'm going to live out my life vicariously through them. Give me an eighth-place trophy. And look at what I need to repair now. I need our to fix relate- that. So right? what, what I tell my son, uh-huh. if he did something that turned out to be an accident, in the moment, if he can, apologize. And be sure to do it after the game. Oh and number one... This is an opposite scenario that we just described because that would be my son doing something. Once again, the kid got hit in the face by this pitcher. He went to first base and then said, time out. Let me talk to the pitcher because he's the one bucking. Oh, the pitcher was had, they had, he had buddies around him. So they, timeout was already called. Timeout was already called when you get hit with the ball. There's time. What a wonderful, great sportsmanship. And yes. I hope he thinks about it as he goes back to Oklahoma. I, are you, are you your disgusted equation by my... Of, I, your equation of sportsmanship and participation trophies is literally infuriating to me, but that's okay. I still love you. One thing that is hilarious, though, is that Barstool Sports actually, quote, tweeted the video and put... Uh, let me get the exact thing. They put, some things are bigger than sports. And then Dave Port, whatever his name, tweets out, this is disgusting. Correct. You need to win. Come on. And then Some things are bigger than sports. And uh, Dave Portnoy is the CEO, creator of Barstool Sports, terrible organization. You shouldn't follow them. Their podcasts suck. They then had to delete their tweet about (laughs) sports. Some things are bigger than sports because Boss Man said no. I want competitive juices. This is what happens when it's August 9th and we have nothing to talk about. Correct. And this is the only sport that some people are gambling on. I want to talk to Joe. Oh, he's our little league expert. Honestly. <laughs> we should we, we're gonna ask him about this on Thursday. Kinda wanna call him now live, but no, no he's yeah. probably busy. Yeah, coaching, little league. Should we talk some football? Are we are we are we ready? I think so. Everyone whose jersey isn't mine, henceforth. 
Um, Speaking of that, did you hear about your coach? My coach? Yeah. KOC? KOC? What, that is, I'm getting cut video is making the rounds these days? No, uh, yesterday at an event, um, an event they held for, for Vikings fans, uh, oh, he got grabbed the microphone. Really? This is what he said. I have not heard this. At, and I quote, Kevin O'Connell, new head coach of the Vikings, uh-huh. at our stadium, we should never, ever see the other team's colors in the stands. I don't want to see any beep green I don't want to see any beep yellow at U.S. Bank Stadium Correct. on September 11th. And by your ruling and Dave Portnoy's, if somebody got, uh, you know, unfortunately super hurt and had to be carted off, nobody prays. Nobody pays respects. Everybody just says, get on the line. It's time to compete again. Who cares about that guy? <laughs> That's what CBS and Fox would want. We'll get a commercial. We'll come back. Seriously, though. <laughs> Dramatic jazz music. Oh, he's right. They shouldn't have it. They shouldn't have any problem filling up that that stadium with purple. That's one of the loudest stadiums I've ever been in, and I was in there for for the Minneapolis Miracle, and I I will never be able to go back to an NFL game, especially if the Bears are involved. Nobody wants to be involved with the Bears. Yeah, Roquan what? Smith wants out because he feels like he's being not necessarily lowballed, but maybe the the term that he said that take it or leave it. That's how front office and management are kind of treating him. We know that that franchise hasn't exactly been the beacon of success as of late, but you have new leadership, right? Yep. You have new coaching, right? And I'm like, if you have one of your guys that's been around for as long as he had has with that organization, it's just like, yeah, this ain't it, guys. I feel like there's a bigger problem. There definitely is, and the problem is the Bears from the stadium Right to to the front office, you brought up a new coach. It's like no another new head coach. I don't even know coach. who their coach is. Well, how could you after they fired uh uh, uh Matt Nagy, right? Yeah, yeah. And then now it's uh Eberflus, uh, Matt Eberflus yeah, with Matt one Eberflus. T. Yeah, and poor poor Justin Fields. It's just one of these things. It, you bring it up a lot with the Golden Knights of like how you treat your players, and also it's a different thing. And and, and you know he put in his notes he he did a note app tweet. To kind of you know, verbalize everything. Exactly. And he kind of talked about how important it was to him to stay on this team, the team that drafted him, being a linebacker in Chicago and what that represents and all the greats. Speaking of legacy. And first off, well done. I don't know whose decision that was. Heady play. Because how can the fans not love that? And But to, to have that attitude of it's either what we're saying or nothing and there's no leeway. That doesn't work in any in anything. That's not a negotiation. That's an ultimatum. And no, ask Kevin. Dur- ask Kevin Durant. These things we we talked about it before the show. Yeah. In an action movie, in a relationship, whether it's at work or your partner, ultimatums don't work. No. And in fact, if you tell me not to do something, I'll probably be more inclined to do it. 100%. Just like a child. Hundred percent. Opposition defiance is a very real thing. You can't control me. You can't tell me what to do. And how are you going to tell that to one of your leaders? One of the only guys that's that it has been around for all of this and that can be one of those rallying points, especially under a new regime. And right. you do them like this? Raiders uh, need some linebackers alongside Denzel you know? Perryman. Although there was the Josh Jacob rumors, which were kind of annoying that that uh, McDaniel because he played right on because he well he McDaniel's gave a perfectly good explanation too he's just like I don't we talked about it earlier last week when they play it's like running backs they don't get the same it's not the same rep it's like it's like hockey you you can't see the same type of shots and practices you do in game speed because not everybody's taking it seriously or going all out I'm not saying people are going all out in preseason either but it's a different there's people fighting for their jobs and so I I, I believe him I know that. 
you know, JJ has a whole lot to prove this year. I mean, they didn't pick up his option. And so I, I think the pressure is good for him. And if anything, it. I wonder about the system, though. Why? Because of McDaniels and, I mean, look at the running back room. It's hella crowded, especially with Zamir White and, and yeah. how he's performing, being the rookie. And we'll see. He'll get his reps. I don't know how many scoring opportunities he'll get. This offensive line was terrible in the passing game, but they were good in the run game. It was Our versus the Jazz. wasn't great last year either. Yeah, so we'll see how the new system and how many carries and opportunities he'll get. But I'm sure he'll make the most of it. But what I do know is he ain't getting traded. No, at least not at this juncture. Unless a team gets really, really desperate for a running back, and then you you're just one of the teams that has a surplus of it. That's how this but business the, works. And that, like, even that, like, when do look at the Ravens last year? They didn't trade for anybody. Yeah, they went no. out and got Latavius Murray from the same. Well, he, did he? Did he? Did they trade for him or did he sign there in the offseason? I'm thinking he signed because uh, he was just last minute. There's Todd Gurley's out there. Whoever will bring him in. It's one of those positions yeah, that running the system, backs aren't valued the same way as they were even a couple years ago. And I'm not even talking about like how much they're paid about what their expendability is because you mentioned yeah. Zemir White and how well he's played. And there's almost like, I feel like there's a tendency in this league right now, especially with coaching and because we've seen so many people start a new job and find so much success early, like Sean McVay, that we value what's new and what's unknown more than what's known. Cause you know what we know what we get with Josh Jacobs, but people don't have tape on this guy. And I, if I only got two to three years to toy with because the the chopping block is it's a lot fewer steps to that end of the of the plank, people are willing to make that decision and, and cut off, you know, a more proven back that isn't even in like that that danger zone of thirty plus or multiple injuries, stuff like that. They're just I need something that pops right away. And also the value. Take a gamble of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you need to maximize that. So even if even if the, the, the person isn't giving you the efficiency, if that person is a lot less to pay yeah. to fill on this roster to fill out their holes. And the other thing too with Josh Jacobs is and why did he play? Like this is an entirely new system. Whether it's the pass protection, whether it's some of the the routes that he runs in the backfield as being the check down and what McDaniels wants to install. From what I've been told, it is very complicated. And it's one of those things that McDaniels has learned when he was in Denver as the coach to now where he's like, no, I have to give these guys opportunities to learn. I just can't install, 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 install right. and practice there and in training camp. A, there has to be get those guys got to get up to speed, but then you also have to adjust the speed in which you're implementing these new concepts. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of learning exactly what choreography they need to do and where they're part of the dance is. But I know that we always do the same one on Tuesdays, two Americas on the other side of the break. Love for the best. Hey, it's a mess out there. They can leave, but we don't care. We'll stay. I'm good right here. I've been waiting for you all year. Come play. Make a mess right here. Do whatever. I like it weird. Okay. Let him disappear. Say whatever you want to hear. Just say. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet. God, I love this song. I still want to hear the potion again. <laughs> I have um, I have a bad review it? to report. No! It's kind of impossible to top the original Funk Wave volume, Uno, from Calvin Harris. Yeah, I mean, timeless. It's not as good, this, uh, this Funk Wave this volume is. 2. It's a great song, though. Oh. I'm with it. I could hear it at Commonwealth on Fremont Street. That, this song? Yeah. Oh, this song's going to be everywhere. 
This song's gonna be in like way too many commercials. We're gonna hate this song about six months. I walked into Target. Oh yeah. I heard it playing. Yep. My son was like, "Daddy, yeah." Can you play the potion for me? <laughs> I, we can't. Uh, what? We can uh, later on. We can. We'll try to get it in tomorrow. I just want like the first five seconds. Lindsay uh, Q one Q one hundred five Bojo is there for you for this? Oh, I'm just obsessed with it again. It's one of those songs you forget exists, and you're like, "God, this hits so hard." All of it's step up related. <laughs> Great I series. love this song. Thank you. Sounds great. I feel Union. like I can move on with my uh, with this segment now. Good, that fantastic. The, that I've gotten the hit of what I needed to get. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're also here to be the guiding light for everyone in Henderson. Apparently, it's monsoon season over there. Yep. So uh, you know, I don't hope know you if it's coming for us, but we gonna be here. And the great thing about AM radio is that it pretty much transcends all of the other technology that everybody else is on. So they always come to us in a disaster scenario. So we try to be one ourselves. I feel like we just jinxed it. Let me. I'm not even sure if this is real wood or not because I feel Probably like all not. the lights are gonna come off. Yep. It's just gonna be us, and these microphones will still be on. Well, the rain. We'll know the rain is coming when it starts to like condense on your side of the studio great song and wash my dreams let it wash away my sanity name that song i'm i actually i'm not sure is it so i've I've infiltrated into your brain no i know the song i just don't i know i reference it on the show all the time it's coming clean by hillary duff oh it's hillary it's from laguna beach opens up it's perfect oh yes and the oc the oc was first or after during both i think the oc probably premiered first it was the OC. Laguna no, no, Beach. it was Laguna Beach Lag- first. No, I don't think so, because I think Laguna Beach, everybody was obsessed with Laguna Beach because of the OC. Let me reach everybody out wanted... to Jay Cutler's agent. Yeah, I don't think he has any. He wants anything to do with Kristen anymore. My favorite part about that was how he retires, and she says he's, ra- he's lazy as hell and doesn't do anything. And then he's like, okay, um, I just finished up my professional sports career. Let's divorce, and we'll see where you're at. <laughs> Why? And now she's doing a podcast about Laguna Beach with some of her former castmates. I wonder why. I'm sure it's not because she wants to unearth some good old story gems, probably for a good old paycheck. What do you think the podcast is called? Coming Clean. Nope. It's called Call Her Daddy. No. Yeah. It's a different podcast. Oh, this is a different podcast? Yeah. Well, her I, go- I Googled her <laughs> and, and six days ago. Well, she, she was probably on that podcast. She said that that's one of like the biggest podcasts said, going right now. Toxic and unhealthy. Well, oh, what I is bet. the Call Her Daddy podcast? It used to be on the Barstool Sports, but now it's okay. Its own well, beast. I'm not clicking on that. I, I don't want they, anything to do with them. I think they paid her like sixty something million dollars. Ooh, this divorce was in 2020, mm-hmm. and she's talking about it six days ago. We all take ago? different roads to our art. I guess so. Yep, different tools, different brushes, different colors of the wind. To America's time? I think so. Let's do it. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. (sighs) So, Adrian, you and I have a unique vision. Or we have unique visions to ourselves, and then we blend together here on the Playmakers. And so, on Two Americas, we kind of try to unpack and explore some of these intersectionalities that not everybody you know has access to like we do this is true this is very true and so i wanted to talk a little bit about leadership today and and specifically like captaincies because the captaincy is a really important thing in the in the hockey world it's 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 something that means a lot to a lot of people 
And it's kind of unique to its sport because I know that football has captains. Like everybody has like captains, but not everybody wears like a C on the jersey. And it's about that C in your heart. Exactly. Interesting line there. Um, But Jacob Truba uh, was named earlier today the captain of the New York Rangers. And and he's the big defenseman that's willing to uh, hit your lights out if you're looking to come right down. Uh, Broadway through the slot, he's probably going to have something to say to you. But I was kind of surprised. I, I know he's a great dude, and there's a lot of great dudes on that team. My personal pick would have been Mika, Mika Zabinijad. But this is also a team that, if you look at their last captain, who was Ryan McDonough, Minnesota-born race, uh, before he was traded to Tampa, he was a defenseman. So maybe they're going for a little bit more of a stay-at-home personality-type pick, uh, at least in the way that he plays and, and how that kind of matches up with the original six and everything else. I'm actually going to ask uh, Mike McKenna about this tomorrow when we record our podcast. But I've had a lot of captains, but one sticks out in my mind as like the best captain that I've had. And I've I've had friends who've been captains. It's nothing against them. But I think there's something about captaincy and having a mentor when you're new to a team. Like when I was a freshman at St. A's, Bridget Sylvester – she, I think she was one of the first people on the team that I had, a con- co- I had a conversation with because if I haven't shared the story on this show before, which I'm pretty sure I, I have, I got in trouble the first week and I was at St. A's. I got caught with booze in my room. And so my first conversation with Coach Matthews was about me getting in trouble. And I didn't really know what I was getting into with Coach Matthews, and she sure as hell didn't know what she was getting into me with, with me. But Bridget was just – such a calm person to explain this to a 19 year old version of me. Who's an absolute mess at this point. I'm just being like, you have to tell her before she finds out from somebody else. She was that the worst case scenario is her finding out from someone that isn't you. She was, you have to be accountable. You have to do it. Like, and, and having those types of principles and displaying them in the moment for someone who needs to kind of find those within themselves, but then also walk in the walk themselves. Cause Bridget wasn't the best hockey player that I ever played with actually far from it. She didn't have that great of skating. She didn't have a great shot, really. But she knew how to make an impact. She had the C in her heart. She had the C in her heart. And she said, I remember sitting on the bench with her and talking with her about the penalty kill because that's where we used her. She was on the top part of the penalty kill. She was going out, pressuring the D and snapping back into it. And how seriously she took her duties and and her marks and and doing that because she knew how big of a deal it was to kill off penalties because it's such a big confidence boost to kill those off and to even dominate sometimes you can take away some of that momentum but she knew how to identify your role accept the role and then be the best teammate possible to enable those around you ego aside right what is leader like who is the best captain that you ever played with well now that you're 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 talking about this it kind of makes me sad because when it comes to captains like playing basketball playing football like that that wasn't as important like, right. it didn't really, it kind of was, oh, okay, it's the quarterback because it's the quarterback. Right. Oh, it's the They're linebacker the who's point, calling. So they have to be a leader, right? Yeah, and, and, and even then, some, some of the dudes, like the upperclassmen, were very, they led by example, I mm-hmm. guess is the, is the best way to describe it. Like, to me, th- those qualities and, and what you're describing is some of the coaches that I've had throughout my career and not necessarily specific players, and we... It, a lot of accountability as a team, and it was kind of instilled in us in some of the philosophies that our that our coaches did. Like for example, in bas- basketball, whether it was the conference tournament or just like a really big game, there there'd be times where we we did not perform like we should have in the first half. Would you and call each other out? Yeah, because our coach would would be like, one time 
He didn't go into the locker room for halftime. Oh, he just stayed on the bench. Oh, boy. So it was us. And yeah. then the other time, he what, he was in there. He's like, I have nothing to say to you guys, and then walked out. And so that kind of, that's what I'm How saying. How is like, that handled, like, when you guys don't have, like, those, like, the leaders kind of eventually rise out of the masses and, and who the voices that come out and, and, and that you look to and you look to play, for example. But I've always wondered about how that kind of comes about because people can get very territorial. People can get very petty. People can get vindictive. What is that oh, like? In, in Like girls locker rooms, like they will come for your soul. Well, like it, guys, I feel like you guys settle things differently than we do. Well, it, and it, drama, like drama is just a completely different thing for you guys. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's still just as petty or bitter, just in different ways. But with us, thankfully, at first, it's kind of like a dance floor when no one wants to get on it. Yeah, But fair, then as soon good. as someone says something, yeah. then someone says something else. And then if someone says something that is selfish or something like that or yeah. comes off the wrong way, that's when everyone else chips in. Then all chips of a sudden, you get a starts. couple of, whoa, 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 bud. That's how you guys handle it? Yeah, and, and our coaching staff was very like, we don't care about, like, for example, we will take away your playing time to set the example of, like, sure. you're not performing so even if this player isn't as good, we're giving him an opportunity because he's doing things the right way. Right. Which, I mean, essence, if you had good coaches that actually stood by those more, because there's plenty of coaches that don't have that backbone. And since or that are, choice, really, anymore. Since we are talking about coaching, yeah. before I delete this out of the system, I do need to play this clip for Mike Tomlin okay. because it may be my favorite coach clip of all time. <laughs> I love coaches <laughs> that resist the responsibility of coaches, that talk negatively about a dude that can't learn and Bubba, man, if everybody could learn, we need less coaches. Yeah, that's right. Right? If, if the group didn't need management, then we wouldn't make as much. I love reading draft evals and, and, and somebody's talking about anything other than pedigree, talking about how poor somebody's hand usage is. Well, that's coaching. Mm. I don't run away from coaching. I run to coaching. Love it. It all is in line with that not seeking comfort because when you're a coach, that's talking about somebody can't learn, you're seeking comfort because your mm -hmm. teaching is struggling. 100%. Audio courtesy of the Pivot Podcast. Yeah. If you can't get through to someone, it's because you haven't figured out a way to get through to them yet. Your tools haven't worked yet. And that's it. Like, captains and leaders are kind of de facto junior coaches in a way, right? Because we kind yeah. of extend that level of respect to them to that. You give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. You let them push you a little bit. Let, you let them talk to you a little bit probably – harsher than you would let but it's all in like that that trust exchange that you're doing this because you're trying to bring out a better me or trying to bring out a better me so we can get to to our goal as a team and it's just I find it so interesting how we weed those people out and sometimes you weed out the wrong people because we look for like the loudest voice in the room like sometimes it's easy to get caught up with that and be like oh they're the star and they're the loudest voice that doesn't make anybody a leader if or, anything, I look I look away from those people because most of the time when they're so focused on being the best and being told that they're the best all the time, there's not a whole lot of room or time left for how do I be self-reflective? How do I be a better teammate? Like Wayne Gretzky was an awful coach, not probably because he was he's a bad person, but because this guy things just came to him naturally. How what am I going to have in common with a fourth-line grind guy who goes in the corners? Cuz I've never had to go in there. But it's also the opposite. And what is the the player that hasn't reached that stature? going to know from his perspective because you bring up Wayne Gretzky, you can look at Michael Jordan, you yeah. can look at all these. There's a reason why it's always 
the utility player in baseball. Exactly. It's always the, the backup point guard. It's the Tyron Lou. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who end up being a good coach. Yeah. It's yeah. you have know, shout out to Jason Kidd. He had his struggles, but that was a star player. Like usually it You have it's to a be process. humbled. You have to be humbled. And when you're on that star track, that superstar track, not only do opportunities for accountability and adversity start to fall by the wayside, people will start moving hurdles out of your way. Because they don't want because they see the trajectory that you're on, and that's not to say that you can't be a great player and a leader at the same time. I'm saying that sometimes people don't come instilled with those things, and so the assumption that they're going to be a great person to go to or or to to have to make a call because you got to go call coach. Because I could have just as easily called Bridget, and she could be a little bit different personality, and she could have been vindictive or or kind of just brushed me off. But she knew that she had a different level of responsibility, and that whether that was because of the the C or because she was a senior and I was a freshman. Like, there's different ways you can be leaders that don't always have to be marked by the letter of the jersey. But That's the best-case scenario. 100%. And that's what – we're hearing good things about the Raiders. And yeah. That's kind of what's it's being all about instilled. is everybody holding themselves to a certain standard. Have we set a certain standard? And do people feel obligated to meet that? That's what those leaders in the locker room are meant to do because that's not – we don't bring our best every day because we can't be our best every day. But we can bring our best intention, and that's how that's what you have to find. I think. No, hundred percent. Spoken, spoken like a true coach. Oh boy, it's been a while since I've put on those particular shoes or skates, but I'd much rather kind of shoot the s with you and you know go in and out because we got so many different uh, angles that we can take, especially when we're talking to America. It's one of my favorite segments that we do during the week. But I mean, in terms of the daily segment, my favorite. The look back at it. It's time. It's thick. Love for the bet. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Who this? Lindsey. It's the one and only Bad Bunny. Of course it is. It is. Did you see what he did last week? No. So before he kicked off his U.S. stadium tour... He did a set of four shows in Puerto Rico. Dear God. For the fourth night of the tour, he paid all the local TV stations double what they would have made, like in commercials and having to air like the national whatever, so that it could air on television. He set up 11 watch parties throughout the island so that people who couldn't make it into the concert could watch it. Thousands of people at every of these watch parties. He then performed for four hours, and everyone that was on the album was there, and he let them perform all their songs. It is the only time I have cried watching a concert to see the people of that island freak out, be so excited, have such a fun time, and to see this dude perform. Lindsay, I'm not kidding. There wasn't an intermission. It was a four-hour yeah. concert. Yeah, well, that's why he bought out the time, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's insane. Pardon, you, pardon my ignorance, because I, I just wanted to double check. I'm like, well, if you're going to do four days on a show at Puerto Rico, I take it that he's from there. Yeah, yeah Bed Bunny's from somewhere. Yeah, he yeah, he's, he's he's the life. Yeah, he's, he, he's one of the biggest things going right now. Yeah, he's his stadium he's tour. Huge. He'll be here at Legion Stadium. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't so. imagine. I can't imagine. He's, is, again, pardon my ignorance. Is he the biggest artist to come out of Puerto Rico? Ever? I don't uh, want to that's put an ever interesting. Like, well, it's all funny because Bet, uh, who was here this weekend? Daddy Yankee was just here this weekend. What? He's on his final. Yeah, he sold Gasolina! out Timo Moreno. <laughs> ah! He sold Vamos out. Vamos a la playa. Oh! <laughs> well, he, God. Uh, he's on his retirement. This is his final tour. He's retiring. Uh, with the history of the music, it's hard to tell, but. He's arguably one of the biggest artists in the world, going up against BTS, yeah. going up against Beyonce, who just dropped her album. Right. So that's yeah. what I mean. Maybe he's not like the icon yet, but I've whenever I've gone to his profile, just to kind of look for, like, for look. Latin America, but for oh, Latin that, exactly. America, exactly, exactly. Two years ago, WWE, Selena. She's not Selena's, from Puerto Rico. Selena's, I'm just saying, like in, in terms of like the Latin community, I'm not saying he's Selena. I'm not. Saying, I'm just saying like. There's a certain stage, like you're talking about with Serena, with Tiger, with, with certain members of communities, where you just make it here. It's invite only, and there's like six of them. Yeah, well, he's, he's ascending he's, to he's that. He's reaching what what Selena is for Mexicanos uh, and Latinos just in general. Right, Bed Bunny is that. So his concert coming up here at, at Allegiant Stadium, already sold out, is going to be amazing. But to see that, like, to me, that's unheard of. Like, this dude literally played all the news stations and said, whatever pro primetime programming you guys have, I'm paying for it. It's cool. He has 42 million followers on Insta. One of the funniest things in the world was two years ago, WWE brought him in to perform at WrestleMania. Yeah. This was during the pandemic. He was such a wrestling fan, he stayed at their facility, the Performance Center, for two months learning how to do it. There were so many fans that had no idea who Bad Bunny were that were American yeah. that didn't understand. Right. The world pooped on them. And the WrestleMania was in Tampa. Obviously, a lot of Puerto Ricans in Florida. I don't even know if this model is like fully accessible to, to American-born talent as much. I just don't think like, there's, there's a different... There's a different rallying call, I think, when you're talking about international artists because when they get big in the United States, there's almost like he he or she's one of us. And most of the time, they're already huge deals before they even get to us. We're the last ones to know because we're just like, oh, now we can sell you. And so now also, you're popular. I'm like, music ain't all about selling. Yeah, I mean, and even the, uh, what's Johnny, not Johnny Depp. Oh, my God. not What's the guy from Moneyball? Why am I losing his Brad name? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, the new movie. He's in Bullet Train. He's in that. He's going to be a Marvel villain. Like, really? Bad Bunny's getting all the... He's being pushed so to the moon. So he is going to the full-blown personality, I mean, not there. just artist. Yeah, yeah. He, he's going he's through all of it. He's a huge deal. He's a huge Mungus deal. I'm so pumped for that. Like, for, for him to do that for, for Puerto Rico and all that. How it made special, me cry. How like special was, that is. Yeah. That's amazing. You know what else is special? That's the power of music, my dude. No, these, these are facts. You know what else is, is very powerful? What? The power of football. Are we in the wrong segment? Not exciting. Well, no, we got to look back at it. Yeah. And today's a big day. Happy Hard Knocks Day for everyone. Facts. Uh, Lindsay, I gave you the quote of, of what was teased from HBO, but let's just get your, your blood pumping. Okay. Here's Jamal Williams running back for the Lions. Jamal Williams, break it up. Bring it up, bring it up. I'm going to let y'all know, man, today is the minimum of effort. Hmm. Do not give up. Do not feel like you're tired. Were you tired? Think of last year and think of that f-ing record. Every time I get tired or I think I can't go no more, I think of that f-ing record. <laughs> last year wasn't it. 
That ain't us. We can make it. Have some heart. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry because I care about y'all. Crying too. Do your best. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions. Lions. <laughs> what just happened? Did I just we become are a... in the huddle. 42 seconds later, did we just become Dude. Lions fans? Nah. I'm I, the Lions are never really a threat, so I can I can you know. <laughs> Good lord, I, that's so true. I, well, they are. They're not like the NFC North is kind of a joke between <laughs> Chicago and Detroit. Come on, I have like the Vikings are only considered like a sleeper pick because the other option is Green Bay, then everybody else sucks. So it's like just by default, there's going to be a top half and a bottom half. Hey, the Vikings come to town. <laughs> hey. There's people healthy, including my favorite, Daniel Hunter, 99. I've got, I've got one more small tease for you for Hard Knocks later tonight. I guess. What time is it on? Uh, I think it comes on 8 or 9 Perfect. p.m. Uh, HBO season debut of Hard Knocks with the Lions features, of course, the second pick in the draft, Aiden Hutchinson, who actually turns 22 today. In the first episode, there will be a scene where Aiden is singing Michael Jackson's Billy Jean oh, during a team meeting. Rookie auditions, you say. Producers claim it may be the most entertaining rookie singing moment in show history. Wow. From the local boy, too? I'm just dancing. Wow. I ain't think about nothing too controversial. We just dancing. Yeah. We ain't think about nothing too controversial. Are you ready? Yeah. We we oh, we gotta wait. I'm Ready for what? Like what, are, what? No, are for Hard playing? Knocks. I, oh, I, I I'm, hope I'm pumped as hell. H I love Hard Knocks. HBO paid me nothing to say all of that. Um, the NFL Pro Bowl is set to return to Las Vegas. It is official. They're coming back next year. It'll be the week of February 5th. Yeah, it's going to be here every year. Yeah, hopefully last no, year. it's going to be here every year. It, it better be draft. You don't do it two years in a row. Draft? You don't need to go to Kansas City? For it to not be a City. permanent thing. It was in Hawaii for forever. You just keep it here. That's yeah. what it's going to be. They make money. $55 million last year. And we year. can support the event. That's a great thing about being the best at what you do, your whole business. Did you know that according to the LVCVA, they said that nearly 30,000 people from out of town came to see oh, the Pro Oh, yeah. Bowl. That's what I mean. Like, for the Pro they, Bowl? Oh, no, Philadelphia's not going to do that. Nobody wants to go to Philly. But who's, who wants to go to the Pro Bowl? People want to go. People want to go to Vegas and then happen into the Pro Bowl. People don't want to just that's go to the true. Pro Bowl and happen into Vegas. Like that's the bit. Because if it's something you don't, you really get a lot go to, of people that are on the edge. Are like, ah, do we or do we not? It's Vegas. And that, it's Vegas. So we're going. There we're gonna sit around our bachelor party around it. That's the bit. And uh, Lindsay, I have a question for you for this next story. Uh, should Knicks fans be concerned? Uh, three of their starters, including Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, played in a program over the weekend. They lost. Oh, I thought you were going to say like somebody got hurt. I don't care. No, no. They so three out of your five, your starting five, three it's of them played. Summer ball. You know how many times I got lit up during the summer during college skate all okay. the time. Okay. Didn't didn't hamper my championship efforts. Okay, fair enough. Now you brought to me a TikTok. Yep. Uh Dion Sanders. You know the the head coach of Jackson State, among other things, on his resume. Um, what I think it's his his oldest son has decided to not only supplement his rap career and TikTok with behind-the-scenes footage of him at, at practice, him with Eddie his kids play. and stuff like that. It's it's good. It's funny. And so there's this clip of Dion, I think, at practice last week. And, you know, he's just yelling at someone or talking. And then you got kids or guys doing drills on the side. And so do we have time to play it? We got – yes, let's get right now. Come on, 
Y'all just kicking the balls up there like they nerfed. Somebody going to get those balls? Huh? Y'all going to keep kicking them? Who's going to get the ball? Who? When? Because y'all going to be out of balls in a minute. I'm just trying to figure out where y'all going to keep getting balls from. Y'all think it's getting water around We'll finish it tomorrow. Too late for today. There's just so many sports and other things. Thanks for showing up. Be well with each other, mostly to yourselves. Use your blinkers because people are dying out there. And otherwise, enjoy the abyss that is your life. We'll be back in 22 hours to interrupt said abyss yet again as long as we still have jobs. And until then, well, be well, my friends. Bye. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.